the criteria Latifi needs to do to get re-signed. Not get last. <laughs> oh, Spa's back. And lights out and away we go. <laughs> and Lewis Hamilton is halfway to space. <laughs> Personally yeah. go IndyCar over Williams. Yeah, space. <laughs> Grosjean Zoo. Guan Yu Zhou. Guan Yu Zhou. No, Zhou Guan Yu. I said that the first time. George was already sitting in that seat. Look, I don't agree with it, but you've asked a question. I'm trying to find a way to justify it. I'm just trying to absolutely tear your answer apart. G'day, and welcome to Formula Bums. My name is Jacko, and with me on this beautiful weekend is my friend, Andy. How you doing, man? It's been a while. It has. It has. But it is now time to wrap up the year we just had in Formula One. So, I we will discuss it more in depth, but I'm going to ask you for a number that you're going to attach to this season on a scale of one to ten. Five. It was a five. It was okay. It's like you went out to the club and you're at 2 a.m. in the morning and you're looking for a route and there's just this average-looking girl on the dance floor and you take her home and it's a five. It's an average five. That is all this season's been. And it's been that way for you since Max won the title. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to even say, even a little bit earlier, you kind of did call the season pretty well where you're like, look, Red Bull's going to slam it. We're not going to see too many race winners. We got and really excited at the beginning of the year when, you know, Alonso was doing his things. But then Aston Martin did Aston Martin things. Oh, yeah. And look, we've had, it's been a funny year in the sport. I think what we've seen is a lot of teams and drivers realize that a lot of the new fans are relatively young or early adults-ish. Mm. And a lot of them have started focusing on doing some really funny stuff because we've had the whole Ryanair social media manager who's <laughs> recently been let go, by the way. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. It's a travesty. He was hilarious or she was hilarious. Whoever that anonymous person was made the sport better this year by constantly stirring the teams up. Especially Lance. Bro. <laughs> we saw... A commentator get fired for calling Lance a very... Wasn't that last year? Was that last year? I thought that was this year. No, I'm pretty sure that was last year. Either way, I still He was still in the car when he talked about it. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen our favourite YouTuber evolve from a car to a bathtub to a green screen. We did. Rocket Power Mohawk has done numbers this year. We've also seen a pretty bog-standard year of racing, but again, being a Max fan and being an unashamed Max fan for like five, six years... I'm okay. This was, the, you know, three in a row. Now I think I need to pick someone else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's getting to the point now but where... It, unfortunately, with the way the development has gone, there's no one catching that Red Bull. They probably stopped development, what, before Qatar and started channeling into next year's car because they had that deficit. It's going to be incredibly hard to beat the Red Bulls. I think the only team that's going to come next year with comparative performance... McLaren? No. I think it's going to be Alpha Tauri Toro Rosso Racing Bulls. They're the X slash Twitter of the fucking sport. Pick a name and stick with it, please. Keep it white and navy because it should have stayed with the original name of Toro Rosso. I've been saying that. Well, it's not going to be that navy blue and white anymore. What? Well, that was the colours of Alpha Tauri is the fashion brand, which is now... Un- that's why it's gone, because that fashion brand went under. So they've had to change the name purely because of that. <laughs> and you want to know why it went under? Because it was only based out of Austria. Yeah, and it was nice clothing. Yeah, but... Oh, come you on. couldn't get it. It was all, Everything was like 700 euros. <laughs> like, why, what else was going to fucking happen? Yeah, look, it's a shame. It's a shame. We're seeing... We've also got Alfa Romeo moving to... A Sauber named team next year, is that correct? Yes. Yep. So Alfa Romeo's partnership in Formula One is officially over. And I'll tell you what, what a successful partnership. Eight points or something, I think, in like four years. Oh. But they're, they're a likable team. And that's what I really like about Alfa Romeo. You've got VB, legend of the sport. Everyone likes VB. You've also got Joe. Nothing bad to say about him as an actual dude. You know what I mean? Like, he shows up, he puts the work in, he has awesome crashes on occasion. He's all right. He's there. Not for long, though. No, it can't be because as happened in Abu Dhabi 2023, Taylor Porsche finally did it. He won the F2 World Championship, which means he's going to be breathing down Joe's next, next year. It was 
a that last race too. So the F two season went down to the very last race. Good. To, and it was one of those positions where neither of the uh, competition leaders were right at the front for most of the race. Like Jackie Doohan, the Aussie kid, dominated that last round. But it was all about how far up the order I can get compared to the nearest chaser mm-hmm. and how it was going to shake out. F2 was fantastic this year. But to be fair, there's very rarely bad years of racing in F2. Well, do you know what is that? Why that is? Equal cars. Equal cars. It's Alonso's dream. But it'll never happen in Formula One. No, and it's such it's an interesting spot to be stuck in because all the perks of having the same cars would make F1 fall into the same category of motorsport of like stock racing or homologated racing, NASCAR, Indy. But it does in the, it does after like three years of new wrecks. Yes. Like let's be real, there's not gonna be a single team that doesn't turn up with a Red Bull style car next year. And Mercedes is gonna be the most interesting to watch what philosophy they finally settled no, on. No, they, they've already settled on that That's philosophy. So what Mercedes have done this year, so after Lewis cracked the shits after Bahrain and they couldn't continue with that stupid no side pod design, which from the get-go I said was shit. The yes. only person who ever said, fuck, that looks fast, was George Russell. And guess what <laughs> fucking happened, mate? And he, it was fast. Too fast for him because he binned it heaps. Yeah, it was great. But... They, they put those side pods on. They used this year as a testing session to figure out what they needed to do to the floor and the diffuser to make this work. And I've got a very funny feeling that their cockpit will be moved to where Lewis wants it next year because Lewis has been the one that's been the most pissed about it. He has been. And even though Lewis has done two years in a row now without a win and people are like, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is a big thing. He's oh. washed. <laughs> yeah, everyone's, everyone's one up about it. He's also been super reliable this year doing what Lewis does in any vehicle, driving it well to its limit. Yes, being a bit of sook about it the whole time, but you know. No, not this year. I don't think he's been that much of a sook. There's been another sook on the, the grid. Go on. It's his teammate. Osama bin Russell sooks all the fucking time. It's a... It to the point where when his fucking when it pops up and it's two sex Ted and it's and the name Russell I mute the TV because <laughs> I can't fucking listen to him be like oh I want to change strategy like I just want to beat Lewis fuck off yeah like just sign Valtteri James no who who's the guy in charge of that shit is it still Toto is he like the one that chooses which driver I would say it's got to be Toto right well to resign Valtteri fuck Russell off to Alpha or, Matt, or Sauber or whatever the fuck it's called I I hundred percent agree with that I. No, put him back in the Williams and give Logan the seat. (laughs) I don't know if that's a great idea, but we did have that news come out, what, like 10 minutes ago? Uh, Fucking, it came out nine hours ago while we were sound asleep. Were we sound? Yeah, I was probably just going to bed. Yeah, I was about that too. I was just getting back from the Christie party. But yeah, Logan Sargent is retained by Williams for next season. You know what? Fair enough. Yes. Give me give me three names that could have taken that seat. Liam Lawson, that's it. Oh, I could say, look, I can come up with more names, but they're, I guess, logistically impossible. Because you've got Felipe Drugovich, but he signed with Aston, but you know. I mean, he should have just, he could have taken that seat, yeah. actually. I didn't yeah, think you know of what Felipe. I mean? like, Teo, but he's with Sauber. You know, there's other better drivers we could put in there. <laughs> actually, <but> logistically. The, <laughs> the fucking article has three other people that were in line for it, which was Lawson, Porsche, and Drugovich. Can we mark this down in podcast history where I've actually gotten three things correct? For the that first weren't time Ferrari. Ever, that yeah, weren't Ferrari. Speaking of which, Ferrari. Checking. Better. Better. It was less chaotic with Fred at the helm. But they didn't improve enough to make it worth You know what I'm saying? Like, some of the chaos was gone. The decisions were better. Yeah, because the chief strategists were Carlos and Charles. And they're good. They're good. They've got a future in the sport forever. Like, I would love to see the day where Charles is actually running Ferrari and they get a win off pole and he's just like, I'm going on the podium. <laughs> so I'm this getting is mine. Up there. I'm standing on the top step. It happened again for him this year. Couple poles, no wins. You mean every pole he got, no win? Yep. Because the only other non-Red Bull driver to win was his teammate in Singapore. Checo. Checo got two wins. Checo did well. Ish. Ish. He beat Lewis, which was the only parameter, I believe, to keep his seat, was he had to retain second. He did that top top work for you, mate. 
How long till Daniel has that say? What race next year does Daniel take over? Let's be real. Because it seems like everyone at Red Bull wants Daniel back in that seat because of two reasons. He can drive the car. He'll give Max a teammate who can help him, but he'll also toe the line because he knows. Yeah. Yeah, no. Do we think Red Bull has moved on from that period where they would just cycle and swap drivers? Are you fucking kidding me? Think about Nick DeVries. That's a very valid point. I completely forgot he raced this year. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has. Yeah, well, as soon as, well, to be fair, if Danny's taking your seat, you know that you are not going to be remembered because Danny just sits on that another level. He's on the level with Seb of just being like legend. Legend of the sport. I would say, well, how late in the year is Mexico next year? <laughs> That's the big question there, man. If it's early in the year, we'll see Danny early in the year. If it's in September, August, October, that's when we'll see him. Let's have a look. Mexico is October 25th to 27th next year. Well, okay. And then the next part of this hypothetical that matters is if Checo's dad's allowed at the track, Checo's contract will be extended. (laughs) I think his dad just... I couldn't say no to him. He seems so lovely. You know what I mean? Like, he's the danger card that Checo has in negotiations. He's like, well, I'll bring my dad in and he'll cry. And you want to see that? (laughs) Here's what I think. I think by Imola next year, we will have confirmation that Danny is taking that seat for 2025 or Checo will be out and Danny will be in. I think by that time, because we will see in the championship where everyone is. I'm saying this strategically because Red Bull probably still want to maintain that World Drivers' Championship, World Constructors' Championship double, you know? Absolutely. So I think by then, you've given Checo enough races to have solidified himself to maintain his seat for the rest of the season. Or he's fucked up so hard and they're in a fight for that championship now that there's no choice. You need to get him out. And it also gives Danny, what is it, eight races? Wait, hold on. Four, seven races to sort of get himself set and in the right mindset. Because Danny, for all the flaws of that Alpha Tower this year, looked quick. Yes, very quick. Like, he regularly got points. No, he didn't. He got some points. He was always he was always <laughs> he in that 11th to 13th consistently, though. Right, yeah, right where you kind of want to be but for that, that car. That was about all that car could manufacture. Like... There were freak things like in Singapore where Liam Lawson got points. Yuki was consistently getting points, but Yuki's had three years in a shit, shit box. Yuki's, I'm I'm stoked on Yuki. I think you know we're going to do driver awards and stuff towards the end. Mm. If there is a most improved category, it's got to be him, right? He's had. Oh, he is a the most brilliant improved. year, brilliant year. Like, and like I very much like Yuki. I think he's fantastic on the radio. I think he's hilarious. Everyone on the grid seems to love him and think he's wild. Like when they're like, who would you go out with? People are like, ah, Yuki and Danny. It was like the number, the two people they'd pick the most. Because I reckon Yuki just absolutely sends it on the pierce. Did you see Yuki's um, Raikkonen moment? No. There was in an interview and they asked him something about a crash he'd had or something. He was just like, yes. <laughs> Like it, 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 the question was more like a statement about oh you've done this and that and you yeah and <laughs> such a good it's such a good response and like I can't imagine being in a position where you're doing media five six days a week you've got a large part of your media time spent with Sky but then you have all the other broadcasters and all the other internationalities and you know media is a big business I can imagine how fucking tiring it would be every week being asked. The same question 15, 20 times. Then the journalist writes it down. You get misquoted. Then you have to sit with your HR manager and you got to talk about... Can you... It would be so tiring. Like, I get it why they're so sometimes rude or very dismissive because, man, that would be tiring. Oh, I couldn't do it. Boring. I couldn't do it. Let's be real. I struggle as it is at my job not getting in trouble for what I say. Yeah. There are points on this show you have to mute my mic because of the shit yeah, I say. But both you and I have been in positions where we're like, I'm going to say something where like that's not making the cut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I I've loved watching this year. It's been fun. You know, Sky Broadcast is Sky Broadcast. They have removed two negative people from the team, and you've got about another seven to go. <laughs> seven to go until it's a good broadcast. Can we talk about a few of the moments of the year? Yes. We can. 
and I'm not talking about racing here. I'm talking about two pit walks that we missed. I did actually watch the Abu Dhabi pit walk. No. I'm talking about the fast that was the Las Vegas pit walk and the Brazil pit walk. Yeah, hold on. Which one was MGK at? Brazil. That's why that one's making yeah, this bro, 100%. <laughs> Martin did not give a shit. <laughs> so, look, you know what I like about Martin? He stopped caring after Megan the Stallion. Yep. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. You don't give a shit about this sport that I care about. Fine. I'm not going to give a shit about you. And you. that was clear on both these pit walks. Let's do Brazil first because it's the one I remember. So Martin, he's doing the grid. Talks to a bunch of people. It's actually quite a good grid walk. Then he gets to MGK. Who in for a pink I don't, fucking suit? Why was he there? Who gives a fuck about MGK? I'm sorry, I hate him. He was the worst part of Jackass forever, and he was in one fucking skit. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I haven't even seen Jackass forever yet. It's fucking great. It's fantastic. All the new casts are great. I, I do genuinely enjoy Jackass. Everything. I know I'm getting off topic, but I got to tell you about Jackass forever. All good. All the old casts are really good. It's just like a good movie, and it's just like, yeah, this is what I wanted. I'm sorry, Bam's not there, but it was good. He was in one, he was in one skit, and he got fucked up on it. But he was probably fucked up before it. Don't sue me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so he, the MGK skit is him and Steve are on these like bikes near a pool, and they're, you know, the high five. Yep. Well, they they pedal, and the high five gets dragged back, and they've been told that it's the other person's. So you see MGK going mental on it, and Steve's just chilling. And then comes back, smacks MGK because they rigged it to his own one. Perfect. It was Brilliant. fucking hilarious. <laughs> Brilliant. That's what we want to do. Paul Martin runs into him. Yes. And Martin's trying to figure out who this dude is. And MGK goes, oh, I can't make music. Well, we've heard your music, motherfucker. No, you don't. No, Travis Barker makes your music, mate. Yeah, Travis, look, he earned a lot of credit back when he was like, Oh, I've been working with MGK for two years. I should go back to Blink. Yeah. <laughs> we should get back together. Because, uh... Yeah. A lot of old people are angry at me right now. But what what did he say? He's just like, well, what do you think about your career, mate? Oh, I don't know about my career. That was his response to what do you think about your career from Martin? And then asked Martin to air guitar with him. And not only did he ask him to air guitar, he would not let Martin leave. Until he did it. And Martin, like credit to him, with all his British stiff upper lipness, just kind of stood there and was like, well, I'm just going to stare at you awkwardly until this is over. <laughs> and it went for like 90 seconds. It wasn't it was a short interview. It's one of the longest of the years. But then every now and then we get brilliant celebrities who love motorsport. Patrick Dempsey. Kylie Minogue at Las Vegas. Kylie Minogue. I'll give her credit. She might not have cared about sports. She, she cared about being on the broadcast. Unlike anyone else on that fucking grid walk. Yep. Genuinely actually was like, look, I don't really know what's going on here. But I'm excited. The atmosphere is fantastic. The show is awesome. And you're taking the time to talk to me, so I'll take the time to talk to you. Unlike Shaq, who... Shaq, it's nice to meet you. Lewis Hamilton, baby. <laughs> yeah, Shaq. Which, First of all, the, the hilarity of the Shaq interview was Martin stood there like this. <laughs> <laughs> like six foot holding yeah, it up. Holding the microphone. Because F1 drivers... Now, for anyone who got into the sport watching Drive to Survive and you might have some form of attraction to some of these drivers, let me burst the bubble for you. Most of them are short. Are under 5'8". It's a very small sport. Ocon looks like a giant next to them. So he's, is Woody. He's 6'4", and Woody's 6'2". Yeah, they're, they're the tallest too. They're our height. Yeah. And our and some of our mates' height. So that's like stand height for us. And then 7'4", Shaq, Shaq, who looks like Charles Barkley. Yep. With his weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, did you see the point where Martin is interviewing Kylie and Shaq decides to walk past the camera and he's just, the whole camera's taken over by Shaq's b body frame? Big dude. That's uh, fucking hilarious. Big dude. Yeah, no, I, see, I'm so hit and miss with the grid walks because sometimes you, you're you watching like your favorite granddad get bullied. <laughs> like every now and then he his, gets pumped. <laughs> his response is when he gets pumped though, I was like, oh, I've been doing this for 60 years. I don't care if I'm not here tomorrow. You oh, which grid was it? Vegas too, where he's trying to get to speak to George, and there's that dude blocking him. He's like, you can't go there. He's like, well, I can move your arm, like straight yeah. up. I'm almost going to call that an altercation, or in Formula One terms, an incident. It was an incident because that was that was real. <laughs> that was real <laughs> for a couple of minutes there. But I think going forward, as much as I love Martin, 
Let's can the gridwalks or keep the gridwalks but ban everyone else. Because what's the point of having everyone on the grid if they're not there to talk? They're just there for the show. Yeah, or, you know, have your VIP section down one end of the grid where tabloids and shit can go and speak to them. Yeah, but they can't. I, I think what it should be is just talking to the drivers, talking to the engineers. Like I would much rather Martin do the walk. Hey, Daniel, what do you think you're going to do in this race today? You know, actually learning about what drivers are thinking, their mindset. Or they go to Christian. They go to GP even. Or they go to people like we never hear from. Friends? Yeah, exactly. He was retiring this year. T- He's been talk in the sport 18 forever. years. 18 years at Alpha Tauri. Yep. Like this, this, and this man, you know... A couple of years ago when Alpha Tauri became a real team and they got their new factory, F1 released a factory tour with France and it is one of the most heartwarming videos ever because you're watching this old man and France is old. Mm. Walk around this factory showing off like he's just been given his first Lego set. Look at the elevator. This means like me and my team, you know, we're not carrying as much things. Look at all the new things. Like it was just so wholesome. We never get to hear from people like that. Great. Who's the team principal? Of Alfa Romeo. Andrea Stella. No, no that, that's McLaren. That's McLaren. It's, it's not Seidel either. No, because he's the CEO. He's the CEO. No, I can't tell you who the Alfa Romeo person is. And what do they sound like? We don't know. Because, because you never I talked to I don't think them. they were on the main broadcast once. once this year. You know why? Because the car was nothing. They only ever talk to people where the car's doing something. But why? Like the, cause because we hear those are the people. Pe- well, no, you don't really, because if you think about it, the most informative person they spoke to was the Williams guy. James Vowles is fantastic. He should be on there. James Vowles is phenomenal on the broadcast. They talked to Gunter because he's known because of Drive to Survive. They talk to they don't talk to Toto, actually. You never hear them cut down to Toto. Fair enough. I don't think Toto likes many people anymore. No. <laughs> they talk they always talk to Christian. They always talk to Fred Vasseur. They, well, they they find a way to talk to Fred Vasseur on the broadcast. Fred, yes, they got they got Fred on a bit this year, which I thought was fantastic. They used to get Otmar, but oh, that's who I was going to bring up. Otmar used to be on there all the time, but the best person they used to cut to was Cyril. Cyril was the best because they go, "Hey, Cyril, how's it going?" and he just go, uh. "These motherfuckers <laughs> just would never answer the questions and would just rant about something that's going on." Yeah, exactly, and it was always. The pink Mercedes. It was always the pink Mercedes. Yep. It was always the pink Mercedes that they go on about. They don't talk to Mike Crack at Aston. I I haven't heard him speak much. However, weirdly enough, I've seen him pop up quite a bit in camera shots yes. with a name tag. Yeah, so I've seen that. So he's featured visually quite a bit. But as for actually talking to, no idea. But I guess when you've got someone like Lawrence Stroll, who not only owns the team... Owns Aston Martin. like Has a window liquor for a son. Of course, but, you know, fucking whatever. He really yeah. wants Felipe Drogovic as his son. That was I think that was my favourite FR meme of the year is Lauren Stroll announces Felipe Drogovic as his new son for 2024. <laughs> that one there was gold. That was gold. Do we want to talk about the last few races just briefly before we move on to anything else? Yeah, I think so. So we left off just before Qatar. Right. Qatar... I'm not a massive fan of the guitar track for F1. Now, it is a phenomenal motorcycle racing track. No, I agree. I don't think it's a good... Yeah, it's not a good pick for F1. Um, Do you know why? I don't think it's big enough. Yeah, well, because it was designed for motorbikes. And when you see the motorbikes on it, it's awesome. Those big sweeping corners are designed for bikes to be touching the ground, elbow on the tarmac, 250Ks an hour. Yeah, I agree. And I will give it this... The podium was good because it was once again it was the two McLaren boys, but it was Oscar over Norris, and I've come around on Oscar and I've told you why, and it's only because Daniel's back on the grid, and I accept that. I I I, I didn't like him because he took Daniel's seat, but now Daniel's back. I know Shuey's are back. I know the the best Aussies there. I can accept Piastri, and plus his mum's hilarious, dude. Piastri's mum on fucking Twitter is gold. <laughs> <laughs> I still think my favourite mum moment of the year is Ginger Spice at the podium ceremony, clicking at Max, getting him to like look at the camera, baby. Look at it because she's there. It's like his 700th win, did nothing all weekend, one by 30 seconds. And she's literally there being like, woo, Max. <laughs> and everyone else is just like, yeah. This Hundreds is- of thousands of people screaming his name. And she's like, look at the 
Um, oh, worst podium of the year, just for how hilarious it is, is Mexico with the elevator. <laughs> Max just like sitting on the car with a sombrero, just looking like, what am I doing here? Why? No, I no, feel you're good. wrong. You're absolutely wrong on that because Las Vegas's was awkward. That was the worst podium because I had to get in a car and drive to a damn interview so that they could watch a fucking water fountain thing then get back in the car and drive all the way back to the fucking podium. That was awkward as shit. Vegas was awkward. Vegas, it, and we didn't really talk about this at all, but Vegas is a unique and brand expansion for Formula One. So you're aware that yeah, they actually own they they bought all that. Yeah, I'm real. I'm very much aware that this this is a proof of concept to try and get a race in Africa. So that that but we can race in Africa. No, we can't because it costs a lot to upgrade Kailami. So the the idea behind Vegas was a proof of concept. Do it in Vegas because it's a tourist destination. Costs them just under half a million half a billion dollars. Yep, an and insane mo- amount of money. Most of that was on the damn land for the pit bay. So they they charged two, I think it was two hundred and forty million for the pit bay land square where they put the pit lane, uh, the the front straight and everything. Turn turn the track into spider pig, and you can't convince me otherwise. It's a fucking upside down pig. It is, but also good rate, decent racing. Yeah, surprisingly it's surprisingly decent. good racing. <laughs> Did you think after what happened to science that the race was going to get called off at any point? With the wheel, with the with the the drainage being the way it was. No, no, because it's not a unique issue. When we first started getting sport, before we began podcasting on it, there was the George Russell hitting a drain hole cover in Abu Dhabi. Uh, no, in Baku. Baku. Yeah, back when I liked George. Yeah, yeah, back when he was at Williams and he wasn't a prick, but we didn't know he was a prick yet. Um, he hit a, a drain cover pipe and it actually set his fire extinguisher off and burned his ass a little bit. I it think. was hilarious. Yeah, it was hilarious. But no, when that happened, I was like, oh shit, this is going to delay a lot. What we do need to talk about is the mishandling of removing all the fans from the track after making them wait <sighs> hours and then running the session anyway. So And then only giving them a coupon. Yeah, it was really... The decisions that are made on that logistical management level that are away from the sport is not earning fans' reputation. But then, I guess, the cruel reality of the situation is we are fans of the sport. Mm-hmm. We contribute a minuscule amount of revenue to the sport. They're probably looking at it from a cost analysis thing where it's like, hey, if we piss off the 100,000 people here, but all our sponsors are giving us way more, hundreds of millions of dollars, which is terrible. Like disappointing. It's, it's very disappointing considering they were paying up to five hundred dollars a seat to watch six minutes of racing. Yep, and then there were some seats that didn't have track eyesight as well. They're oh. behind poles and things like that. It's the little things, and it really is the little things, especially when you're doing a proof of concept event as important as Vegas. Like yeah, this definitely. season was essentially Max's third championship and Vegas. That's really the big two storylines of it. Yeah, the sphere though. Oh, that sphere was great. That was fan. Fantastic. Putting I, putting the helmet on the emoji and it's just him watching. That was great. I brilliant. like that. That should have been the the whole race. That's what it should have been. It should have had no advertising on it. Should have just been the little the little fucking happy face watching it with just a little smile on his face. Because I thought that was great. Yep. And you know you could flick that between an image of the track showing live telemetry. That, that was the other thing that was really cool. Is they had all those screens popping up with different onboards. Those are the only two useful. Oh, and the safety car thing when that happened. Yeah, that was good. They were the three useful uses of the sphere. All the advertising and shit, fuck all that off. Don't use it. You've got so much advertising around the track. Yeah, 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 everywhere. Every, plastered everywhere. And like all your drivers too. I did like, though, the cool down room podcast in the back of the car. Also, guys, they've just raced for two hours. They're covered in sweat. Can we get a bigger car? Like, we're on top of each other, man. How is the fucking, the Red Bull mechanic that jumped in it? I so, don't remember. So... After the race, Renee's come down to, you know, just have a chat with me and someone. I'm like, look, can we just watch the next 15 minutes? Like, this is going to be really cool or it's going to be really awkward. Turned out to be really awkward. Babe, she- babe, content's on the TV. Hold on. <laughs> but she's watching and she's like, who's that other guy in the Red Bull shirt? I'm like, oh, they, they have a guy go up there and select the, the constructor's trophy. So I'm explaining that to her. She goes, why is he getting in the car? I'm like, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I don't know where the podium is. And she's like, he looks really awkward. What's he doing there? And then they've, they've dragged him out of the car. And she's like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Then they drive them drive off to the interviews. They've got the, the podcast on the road. 
And Max is like, I don't want to fucking be here. Checo looks really awkward while they're talking to Charles, which is great. Um, then they do the the really awkward interviews. They have the fucking water thing, which I think was a waste of fucking time. Like, I wanted to turn it off. It extended the podium thing or like twenty minutes because they had to go hot. They had to go to the Bellagio from the fucking pit bay and then back. Yeah, which and is Bella- not easy to do with all the barriers they put up around the track. It's a drive. <laughs> yeah, like you have to drive basically have to drive track, and it's halfway around the track. The Bellagio. You know what I mean? Like, either way, you have to go halfway around the damn tracks. So it's like, fuck, what's the fucking point of this? And then they drive all the way back. And I'm still like, this is a waste of time. I don't know why you did it. For this, like, really cool, like, stage thing with LEDs on it with the slot machines. Yeah. And Renee looks at it and she goes, that's out of sync. I'm like, what do you mean? And I'm like, look at who they're calling up and then look at the slot machine. And it's Checo's one while Charles, they've announced Charles. <laughs> and then... The Charles one pops up and Max is walking across. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you're going to do it, have the podium over at the fucking Bellagio or just leave him in the fucking area. Just fuck the water thing off. Who cares? Bro, you've got weeks to do media and promo. You can get the snaps a day before or a day after. And, like, these these are athletes too. Like, yes, they're sitting down, but you know how much weight they lose. You know how much physical exertion they're going through. And they're sculling water. Yeah, like, you've just... In the desert, fucking, even though it wasn't super hot, it was actually, it was actually quite cold. That it weekend. was quite cold and it caused everyone, problems. Yeah, with tires and everything. Like, if you look at it, anytime they were on the hard tires, it took them an extra lap or two to get them up to 10. And it really became a race that was focusing on who with, who went with what tire strategy and whose setup is going to allow these tires to actually warm properly. Yep. Which is what I liked. I, I like races where the weather has an effect but doesn't impact or limit the potential of the race. You know, that's yeah. whether we want where it's like, oh, this is a unique thing, but everyone's still going. Take everything out of the Vegas thing, all the spectacle and stuff. Good race. Good race. Get rid of all the spectacle stuff because it bored the shit out of me. Yeah. That was I'm not thing. I'm not there to watch fucking Shaq. Lewis Hamilton, baby. While he's getting a photo with Red Bull, Wilo. Like, he's getting <laughs> a photo with Christian Max and Checo. Walks past the fucking Martin. Lewis Hamilton, baby. <laughs> it. But you know what? Shaq is a friend of the show. We're, we're big Shaq fans Oh, here. massive fans Massive fan of Shaq. Shaq fans. He kind of gets a free pass to do whatever he wants at this point. Oh, I'm yeah, a, absolutely. I'm okay with Shaq doing what he wants. DJ Diesel has a soft place in my heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because two reasons. Inside the NBA. Fantastic show. Brilliant. Him Brilliant. and Charles, Kenny, and Ernie are the four best presenters on TV, and you can't change my mind. And I think there's only one person we could add to the broadcast that would make it better, which is... Logie spec Carl Stefanovic. Blind at the Logies like he's every year. You throw him on the show, best television you'll ever see. Maybe get Hammond on there too. But. <laughs> uh, and also just the back and forth between him and Charles where it's brotherly fighting. That's some of the funniest shit ever. The, and the moment you mention San Antonio women. Oh, bro. They're big old women down there. <laughs> just that whole storyline of that show has been going on for years and is still, to this day, hilarious. Shaq has to walk off set as soon as Charles starts. It's great. He just gets up out of his seat and he's crying with laughter. Yeah, it's good. It's That's how you know you've got the right chemistry in a broadcast. Doesn't happen much with Sky. No, it doesn't. Like, I, I will sometimes laugh. However, there was an interesting thread on Reddit that I read through on the okay. toilet the other day, which was, what have everyone list your worst broadcast F1 takes of the year? And there was some classic things. It brought back some memories. Like? So we had um, one of the most popular ones was whenever Lewis made like an overtake, it was intense. Most of the broadcast was dedicated to like how he could possibly win it when yep. Max was like 78 seconds in front. It's like, well, no. <laughs> He's two laps ahead. That's fine. Lewis is still going to win it, bros. Um, Ted said something weird early in the year that kept getting brought up. I can't remember what that in particular was, but it was something about... I think he was referencing 2021 again. Oh, of course he, he was. The hate crime. Oh, yep. Yeah. I mean, dude, seriously. Tell me. Okay, I actually had a really a shower thought the other week that just I went down a rabbit hole in my head. The last time F1 was actually inter- like genuinely interesting was the night of Abu Dhabi 2021. Well, I was gonna... the, that was the last time I was genuinely invested and I had a great time, like a fantastic time watching it. And it was all due to Michael Massey. Michael Massey should have a damn fucking statue of him at Abu Dhabi. I mean, like the man who made racing great again. I'm so glad you're bringing this up because as we were talking about this year, I was going to ask you the question of, 
Should do we bring Michael back? Yes, absolutely, hundred yeah, percent. Man knows how to make a race great again. <laughs> I he made not only did he make racing good again, man. He made discussing emails the biggest topic of a motorsport year. That's what that man did. To this day, whenever you see Toto, it's just emails. Did you send an email, Toto? <laughs> no. You know what the last message he had over the comms in a Formula One race was? We went motor racing. We went car racing. We went racing. (laughs) But that just just makes sense. And you know what? Damn damn the rules. Damn the politics. That race was good in the end because he made it a good race. Because that's realistically what that race came down to. Lewis versus Max. And what did we get at the end? Lewis versus Max. If you wanted to make it fair, allow Lewis to have a pit stop and still come out in the same spot. Let's yep. do it. Let's just fucking do it. Let's just see what happens. Yep. And it was genuinely super exciting. It was. Yeah. It was. I, I wouldn't have cared if they had come over the radio to both Max and Lewis. Like, Pit your boys. We're going to give you a clean one lap dash to the line. If that had happened, it would have been a fucking sick lap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, without, without a doubt, Michael Massey was the most chaotic unpredictable person we've ever had in the sport, but holy shit, that year was one of the best years the sport has ever <laughs> so seen. So good. Because it was just, every every opportunity he had to make a call stay silent, he's like, not only am I going to make a call, I'm going to make the wrong one. <laughs> and I'm going to do it with such a calm demeanor. He, Michael Massey, will forever live on as a legend for that one year of the sport. Yes, whatever. You can have your own opinion on it. It's fine. But you can't deny you, that it was a very exciting. TMLH can say it's a hate crime all they want. It was fantastic racing and the sport hasn't been as good since. No, not at all. I think engine regs are going to be fun when they come in. I Okay, so I've got a real hot take on this. So you know how Red Bull's partnered with Ford? You know how I feel about Fords? Yes, well, you are not the biggest fan of Fords that I've ever met. I even drove a Ford and I hated it. And you <laughs> They stand for fix or repair daily. That that partnership will end in disaster for Red Bull because their engines will blow up more worse than Renault's. It is a hot take. That is a hot take. They are building it. They have the designs and everything. I still think fucking more explosions in that car than a Renault. Because it's got a Ford badge on it. It wouldn't be and Aston Martin will have five championships in a row because I took the Honda engine. Now, that is a less hot take because and I, this is what I hate so much about Honda is you guys are so good at this. They are so good at designing F1 engines. Seriously, they just can come up with something. It works and it doesn't break. That's where their mm-hmm. biggest strength is. They just don't break. When they were with Renault, what, like eight races Danny retired from that year that yep. before they got rid of Renault. Now that they're with Honda, they just went from, holy crap, Adrian Newey can now have a car powerful enough to run all these insane aero designs on, and it has been perfection. Yeah, How many Mac- times did the Red Bulls retire this year from mechanical issues? Surely Checo did once. Surely Checo, one of his retirements was a mechanical issue. Give it a quick Google, because I'm going to throw it out there and say they did not have a mechanical retirement this year. I don't think they were told to stop the car. I don't think something broke. There was a couple of crashes, like Mexico. Oh, yeah, there was plenty of crashes. Yeah. Finishes. I'm just I'm just putting in DNF finishes to see if I can find out what he's done. Here we go. You can literally just go on the website and it tells you. All right. Oh, but they're DNF'd. Okay, so in Japan, he had the crash. In Mexico, we had the crash. And those were the only two retirements yep. for Red Bull all year. The, the retire- mechanical retirements you're remembering are from last year, in those first three races where they had a double DNF and a single DNF for Max from mechanical issues. Remember how the drivetrains yep. blew up? Yeah. That's what Honda, because yes, I know it's RB powertrains. It's the fucking Honda engine with the well, Honda engineer. No, it was this year, it was Red Bull Racing Honda, Red Bull powertrains. So yep. the Honda badge was back this year. So And that's what I mean. This is what they can do in the sport. They can create an engine that doesn't break. Yeah. So they, they, they've got reliability over everything. And really, that's that's how you can win in the championship. Yes, you do need to be the quickest, 
But if you're the quickest two out of three weekends and someone is the second quickest every weekend, they're still going to beat you on points. And also, Max was the only driver to complete every lap of racing this year. Every single lap, he was the only driver. Everyone else had DNF'd once. Mental, right? Like, And that's what I mean. Yeah, kind of not the... Like, it's a five-year for actually racing quality. However, that's a 10 for engineering perfection right there. Like, it doesn't get better than that. You have your world champion driver start and finish every single race of the year and win more. What was his lowest finishing position this year? Was it fourth? It was fifth in Singapore. And if he'd have had one more lap, he would have got Charles. There you go. Yeah, I knew he was. (laughs) Charles was out of it at that point. Ferrari left him out to dry. Actually, can we speak about Singapore? Because it had the greatest... I don't think... We, no, we probably did speak about Singapore, didn't we? We did, but we can relive some glory days. What do you want to talk about? Russell went for a gap. And he <laughs> it into the barriers. <laughs> went for beautiful. A gap, and the best part was he crashed into the sign that said GAP. Yeah. But that's what I mean when he said he went for a gap. <laughs> went, he went for a gap, literally, and just... Uh, I still think my highlight of the year, which we didn't speak about, which only exists in the group chat, is when I put Lando in for Driver of the Day of Vegas because he crashed. <laughs> we haven't spoken about that yet. That was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then you and fucking Cameron in the group chat went, oh, he's in a serious condition. You know, he's really messed up because I wasn't watching it at that stage. And I said something that might get cut, so we'll see. But I said, oh, well, that's okay. Formula f- that was one of, I think that was my favorite shitster of the year where I asked in the chat, I was like, did Lando crash? And he goes, yeah, it was pretty significant. And then I sent you the screenshot of driving for the day <laughs> Is there, so, you know, we've spoken about a good chunk of the teams. McLaren, bad start to the year. Strength to strength to strength. From to strength. Austria onwards. For, and for both drivers, like, as much as I love shitting on Lando, I won't knock his talent. Dude can fucking drive that car. I think next year it's going to be a shootout between McLaren, Mercedes, Aston, and Red Bull. I really think if Aston can do what they did and not regress like they did, because every update they brought to that car was terrible. Made it worse somehow. If they just if they find the sweet spot and they come out like they did at the start of this year and only progress, same with McLaren, we know Mercedes will. Mercedes, absolutely. I, I can't say, if they turn up with a shit car again, can you see Lewis just being like, fuck this, I'm out. I think if they do it again, genuinely, I don't think it's going to be seeing one person leave. I think they're going to cut the head off the snake and go, Toto, Lewis, you are both out. Like Lewis, I, don't think, I don't think it'll be Toto because he's not the one in charge of the design. And you've seen after Saudi Arabia this year, Mike Elliott was immediately ousted and they brought James Allison back in. True. That's why I think next year Mercedes will be back. Whether they're at the level of Red Bull or not is another story, but they will be a lot more consistent. And they were pretty consistent this year. Like, if I look at it... That's what I mean. Even in their worst years, Mercedes still has admirable years. Like, if you're in the boss of Alfa Romeo or Haas, and you could go, hey, deal with the devil, you'll never win a world championship, but you'll have Mercedes' level of performance, I think most teams below them would take it. They, they still scored eight podiums this year. Yeah, that's what I mean. Their bad years are still incredibly good years in the sport, all things considered. You took a radical design philosophy that zero other engineers even looked at, and you still turn it into points every weekend. It's the worst Mercedes ever designed. Mm-hmm. And it's the third best car. <laughs> it's the third no, best. No, it was the second best car second because they best car. pipped them. They pipped Ferrari in Abu Dhabi, much to Charles's dismay. And I'm sorry, it all comes down to Carlos having a shitty qualifying because Hamilton did too, but Hamilton scored points. Yep, I um, I think Ferrari after this year is in the best position they've kind of been in the last decade to do something. I don't cool. know. Start of last year they were pretty good and then they, they remembered were. that their strategy team sucks. They were. But that's why I'm thinking that like, you know, of all the years they've actually you know, strategy wasn't perfect this year, but it also wasn't scream around with a red flag, why are you making any of these decisions? It was an improvement. It was. It's not to a world championship quality yet. No. It's what, you know, Mercedes, Red Bull, and Aston probably have their strategy unlocked quite well. I mean, yes. Yep. I also predicted Charles would win this year because he had no attachments. 
But as I learned in Abu Dhabi, he's already in another relationship. Loves a relationship. Well, when they were talking about who would get married to Vegas, they were like, <laughs> Daniel's Charles, is like Charles. Charles, Charles, 100%. He loves being in a relationship. <laughs> I want Ferrari to do well because this is the most likable driver lineup I think they've ever had in their history. Mm-hmm. Most likable. Michael Schumacher will forever be one of the greatest men to ever hop inside of a car. But most of his teammates hated him and apparently he was a bit of a dick to work with. The same yeah, I was going to say, that's what I've heard. He, yeah. But if you watch the Schumacher documentary, the reason he was a dick to work with was because he was demanding the best from everyone. And that's how it works. And also, if you look back at his early years at Ferrari when they sucked, he would help the de- team as best he could. He stayed back and would sweep the floors for the mechanics, you know what I mean? Like, there are things that I don't like about Michael. For example... After the crash in Belgium in 98 and he went and fucking had a go at David Coulthard when it was pissing down rain, how is it his fucking fault? Yes. There's little things like that. And I'm like, come on, man. But then there's other things that you hear about him, like him sweeping the force, him staying with the design team until they had to leave the track and talking with them and explaining his position in the car. Little things like that. Yeah. And that's what I mean. We we are watching 20 of the most talented people in the world. 19. 19 of the most talented people in the world. And Lance Stroll. <laughs> and Lance fucking Stroll. Race. Incredibly dangerous. Incredibly fast. And incredibly vicious vehicles. You don't get to be at the top flight of any professional sporting league if you're not willing to step on someone to get what you need to win. George. <laughs> yep. It. Guess what? That's how athletes operate. That's why you get paid 50 million fucking dollars a year because you are willing to do things. Actually, only Max gets don't. that. Yep, but Max is willing to do things that other people don't. Do you remember when he got the side smashed of his car and he was in one of the sprints and he was up with George being like, mate, I don't give a shit what you say. Yeah, I know. We were all. None of us have grip. Like, that's not an excuse. Look at what you did to my car and I'm still on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> I still won the race car. Yeah, and I still won. So you can get fucked, but don't do that again. I, I, wish think, I wish he had smacked him. I think it's time to open up our letters. Well, no, we've got one more team I want to talk about first because it was controversial by the end of the year and we both co- said it would eventually happen. Alpine. Hmm. Alpine. 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 Because Otmar, is Otmar still there or did he get fired? I can't Otmar's remember. Otmar's gone. Otmar's gone. Otmar was gone halfway through the year. That's right. Who the hell's in charge now? I don't know. <laughs> Me neither. I don't know what's going on. Love Pierre. Pierre had a great end to the season. But. But. There were times, Japan's one of them. There was multiple times where Ockham was infinitely in the back. And then strategy prioritized Ocon to get him ahead of Pierre. And there was quite a few times too where Pierre instantly picked up on on call and he goes, "Hold on, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever." Vegas, ha- it happened in Vegas. Vegas and was the big it, one. W- it was the one where there was two stops, and so on the second stop, Pierre was pretty adamant. He's like, "You don't fuck me here. You don't fuck me here." The team principal for Alpine, by the way, Bruno Famine. I have no idea who that is. Nor do I. He is the vice president of Alpine Motorsport and the current interim team principal of Alpine F1. There's only one man who can fix Alpine, and we both know who it is. Cyril Abedable. Yep. But he's with Hyundai. I know. And he's doing quite well over in Rally, too. Mm-hmm. If, you've never, if you've never delved into Rally, in the off-season, do yourself a favor. Watch what happens when there is no track. Don't if you suffer from motion sickness. Absolutely do not. because I, it is can't, I can't watch Rally because of that. It's a jarring experience. and I have nearly vomited because of Rally, and I was just sitting on a couch. Well, it was a really interesting thing one night. We were sitting on the couch watching F1, and we had a housemate at the time who goes, who's more talented, F1 or Rally? And we went, you can't really compare it. It's not fair. No. F1 drivers are probably the better... On the road. ...better drivers. However, I don't think anything can match the size of the testicles of any form of rally driver compared to someone who races. Because you're racing on dirt tracks, and do you know what your barriers are? Trees and mountains. If you go off the track, what will catch you is the bottom of the fucking mountain you roll down. There's only two F1 drivers, I think, that can compare to that, and those are the two Finnish ones. Yes. Valtteri and Raikkonen. And I think that's also because one of their electives at school is also rallying. (laughs) Everyone who comes from up the frozen north... Fucking drive. Yep. But yeah, like, rally's great, but what happened at Alpine this year? Like, my God. So let's go through it. I want to start with Australia. 
Because I think that was Chef's kiss of just being like, yep, that's exactly how we thought this was going to go. <laughs> a double DNF. They crashed into each other. Neither of them were perfectly at fault, even though maybe at the earlier year I did call for... You know they were both technically classified for that crash? Yeah, because it was like the second last lap, wasn't it? Yeah. They made it right to the end. And so they still classified. <laughs> Which is, it's crazy how you can have two totaled Alpines and be like, and we finished. It's like, well, you fucking did it. No, <laughs> you did Both drivers are on the back of a moped. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing punches at each other. But there was also Hungary where they both retired. Great Britain, I want to say they both retired, but Pierre was classified. Yep. It was reliability this year. Yes. And and weirdly enough, they, I would say, were probably the unluckiest team when it came to incidents. So, like, that Australia crash, 11 people. Everyone was involved in a little in bit. In some way or another. Some way or another. Two cars were completely totaled from it. It was both the Alpines, and they weren't really that involved. It's like, shit, yeah, you guys just got the unlucky spoon this year. <laughs> and more importantly, Ocon got the unlucky spoon because he had one. Three, four, five, six retirements overall. And that's not including the ones that he was classified for, even though he retired. So that's eight retirements, realistically. And that's what you, the amount of genuine points lost is too hard to come back from with that amount of retirements throughout the year, you know, because they're not, they're not podium winning cars, but they are between sixth and tenth in points. Well, they've gone from fourth in points last year to sixth. And that's what I mean. And it's simply from reliability. Because even mm-hmm. though we don't love Ocon, he's not an objectively horrible driver the same way that Stroll or Mazepin or Pass them out. Oh, you know what? You're putting words in my mouth there. I think he's a terrible <laughs> driver. <laughs> I, I think he's got enough talent to have earned his seat. I don't like him in the sport. I don't want him there. I like mean, you're the only one. I couldn't care less if he <laughs> lost his seat. In fact, the best year of racing was 2020 when he lost his seat. That was a good year, actually. That was Wait, was it 2020? Yeah, because it was yeah. the year before Danny came back. Yeah. And it was the year that Ocon came back when Danny came back, too. Um, If they can get their reliability sorted, I can see them. And I know you said Aston will probably be a podium contender, but I would my my kind of vibe coming into the year is Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari will instantly come out with race-winning cars or race-winning capable cars. I think there will be a slight deficit, and we're only talking an eight, like eight tenths of a second, but enough. That that's like Williams to fucking Red Bull. We're talking three tenths of a second. There you go. <laughs> um, actually, it was very close this year. Grid spread. Yeah, like the, it very wa- close. And the car with the uh, least amount of downforce was the quickest car, and it was the one at the back of the grid. Yep. And oh. then, but on some tracks where you didn't need downforce, they were really joy, good. Joy to watch me. One car was really good at least. The other car was probably crashed out. I, yeah, it was a hard, it was a very hard year for Logan, and I don't think the excuse of the Williams being bad to drive overall is a valid excuse. I think he was just a little bit out of depth. Yes, it's p- probably the hardest car to keep on the track, but you remember a couple of years ago when it was Russell and Kubica, and they were genuinely making, hey, we've got three front wings, and you've broken two, that's it. We're taking yeah. it back together. They're not like that anymore. No, they've got money. Wonders. They've got money. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. They've yeah. got money now. So I just think, you know, I don't think Logan can kind of get away with the excuse of being like, oh, it's just a terrible car because it's not terrible. Alex drove the fucking pants off that every it, opportunity. It is a terrible car because it, it's one positive is a lack of downforce, which there is a lot of tracks where you need downforce at. Most. That, that's where they're going to, if they're going to make any improvement in this season, it's figuring out that aero, you know? Chassis good. Chassis fine. Engine's pretty damn decent. It's Mercedes. We've yeah. seen them get... I mean, they're always good engines. They, they yeah, Exactly. Good it's, engines. Just, it's just figuring out that aerodynamic where they've got downforce when they need it. And really, of the bottom-rung teams, they've got the least amount to fix. It's a very big mountain to climb. But if you get it right, you're going to jump your competition. You're going to jump right into points. Like that. Well, Alex is already competing Dang. pretty good for points. You know what I mean? At tracks where that car's good, he's ninth, tenth. You know, he's in the points, which is more than you can say for Alfa Romeo or Alfa Tauri this year. So true. How good has it been to see? And I bring it up all the time, but I'm never not going to bring it up. Both Pierre and Alex show the world what they were truly capable of. Mm. Yes. 
they're probably not going to go on to win world championships. Not in those cars. Not in those cars. Yeah, and you're probably not going to get another shot at Red Bull. And, you know, Mercedes has their own. Like, it's going to be hard to get back in top flight team. But both of you guys went from being embarrassed, bullied, and fired from one of the best teams in the sport to coming back into the sport and doing very acceptable, being fan favorites. Like, everybody loves Alex. Everyone loves Pierre. Mm-hmm. How good is it to see those guys get their chance in the limelight to be like, yep, we're actually fucking good drivers. No, I agree. I think it is it's, it's perfect. And that's why, you know, I was having this chat with one of my coworkers yesterday, actually. She came with up to and she goes, hey, I heard you're a fan of F1. I was like, not only that, I actually make content on it. Let's talk about it. I love talking about it. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, you know, like, why is Danny, why has he got such a good reputation, but he's never really lived up to it? I was like, ah, let me explain to you the Red Bull driving philosophy. Yep. It works for two people on the planet only, Max and Danny. Mm-hmm. They're the only two psychos who drive their F1 cars the way they do. Everybody else uses a slightly different system. Actually, on that, before you move on. Go on. So y- y- we always talk about the turn-in. That, and Max and Danny both like the V turn-in. You pull up and then you get the qu- car in the corner and you fucking take off. Lando prefers that. But because of the way the McLaren drives, he has to take a U. And he, even though he's not comfortable with it, he's learned to adapt. It's what Danny couldn't do. I found it really interesting that when you think about it, both Danny and Lando prefer, prefer that V turn in and turn out, but McLaren couldn't give either of them the car. And Lando was just more used to it and younger and more able to adapt because he yes. hasn't spent that much time in it, which is a disappointment because Lando in a Red Bull-style car would be a monster to race against. Oh, yeah. That's why the rumours are always there that Lando's going to Red Bull because I think that in that style of car... Lando will be challenging Max every other week. And I think the only reason that they're not using Lando as a genuine option to bring in next is, I think, you know, what Danny can bring is he's matured and he now knows that, hey, second driver, no questions asked. I think we would see a bit of a Lewis... George. George situation where Lando would go, well, hold on, we're the same fucking age. He's already got three. Give me mine. And we we all know that come the end of this contract, Max is more than likely going to endurance racing. Yeah. Well, he said he's done. Like he's got nothing more to achieve. He's just doing it for the sake of it now. So at the end of this end of this contract, I'm fairly certain Max will retire from Formula One. And you know what? I think that is a brilliant decision. As much as it'd be sad to see my, one of my favorites I supported for years go, it would also be lovely to see someone who goes, who's like, I've already done it. Like five, six, seven don't mean anything to me anymore if I'm not earning them. I, I really respect that attitude. And that maturity he's kind of taking. He also, also has a world record license fee next year. <laughs> Imagine being so good, they price you out of your sport. Well, them and Red Bull. So both of them, because of their championship points, their super license for Max is like nearly $10, $20 million or something. And then it's like $70 million for Red Bull to come into the sport, like to pay their entrance fee. I can't remember the exact price, but their world record fees for um license, super licenses. You're going to have to cut down on some of that catering, I reckon. <laughs> to make those. Well, it doesn't come under the salary cap. Oh, yeah, because it's just entry fees. It's just entry fees and stuff, so it doesn't come under. And it's just really interesting that they're going to be pocketing so much money next year from Red Bull and Max Verstappen because of Max's unbelievable sp- season, which, by the way, if he just stopped scoring points after the season break, he'd still win the championship by one. And if he only scored points after the season break... He still won the championship. He won the championship twice this year. Mental. Mental. Like, it doesn't happen. Like, even some of Lewis's most dominant years weren't quite at this level. No, he the won. The car was more dominant. It was ahead by more. He didn't win three races all year. That's it. He missed three races, and two of them were Chaco. And then one was Singapore, where the Red Bull clearly just wasn't there. And he still stormed his way to fifth. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like... Oh, you turned around and like, hello, I am still here. <laughs> I'm right here. You have not gained an advantage whatsoever. I've extended it again. Let's do the letters. Let's do the letters. So I'm going to give you my letter. Yep. And I'm going to take your letter. And we wrote these at the start of the year. And Before we recorded the first episode. And I can't remember how seriously I took this. <laughs> I don't remember a single thing I put in mine. So I'll open yours. We, man, we did a lot of work on these, actually. <laughs> There's a lot of writing. So, this is going to be very enjoyable. We predicted the 2024 
driver lineups. Oh, shit. We did too. That's what I mean. We did a lot more on this than we thought we did. Uh, we had the question, do Andretti and Cadillac come into the sport this year? We have, if yes, who drives for them? And then we have, in season 2023, some fantasies. <laughs> so. Okay. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with our driver lineups and see I how well so. we did? I think so, because it's when we get to the fantasies where I think the real gold is after reading. Oh, yeah, definitely. So we, Also, we didn't tell each other what we put on these letters. This is fresh reading. That's why yeah, we're yeah, kind yeah. of giggling. All right, so let's start from Williams, who we predicted. So you put Alex and Logan, so you get a tick. So did you. You get a tick. Cool. Uh, Haas, I went, you went K-Mag and Hulkenberg. You went K-Mag and Hulkenberg? But you wrote Hulkenberg. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I spelt it correctly. <laughs> Sauber. You went VB mm? and Teo Porsche. You also went VB and Teo Porsche. We think a lot alike yeah, right now. Both autistic. But of F1. <laughs> unfortunately, that's the first cross we have because both Teo... Uh, Teo Meyer won the championship, but he did not he get did in. He did not get the seat. Scuderia Alpha Tauri. You had Nick DeVries and Felipe Dragovic. <laughs> Look, it's not a good take, but yours is also shit house. You had Nick DeVries and Liam Lawson. Mine's heaps worse than yours, though. <laughs> Your, yours is way worse. Mine <laughs> had more, you more got, He actually raced, so I'm giving you a point for that. He ra- He did race this year in the team. And he had a good <laughs> chance of getting that seat. But we both sacked Yuki. Who's <laughs> <laughs> actually done incredibly well and we want to keep him. <laughs> uh, Aramco, Aston Martin. Formula One racing team. I'm going to guess we both put Fernando. Because you put Fernando and I've put Fernando. You put Fernando. You also put Jackie Doohan. Fuck yeah, Jack Doohan. Didn't do well enough to do that well this year. Who did I put? Vitch Tits. So you were correct. (laughs) (laughs) Did I actually write Vitch Tits? Yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) All right, on to the next one, my friend. McLaren. So you've stuck strong. You've got Lando and Oscar. So have you. So there's at least one point. Uh, Alpine, you put Pierre, Pierre Gasly and Ocon. <laughs> you, my friend, put Pierre Gasly and Checo. <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> were you thinking? Well, it makes sense when you get to my Red Bull one, I'm pretty sure. Well, okay. Well, let's, let me introduce the next team. Scuderia, Alpha Tau- uh, Scuderia Ferrari. Oh, I just left it. You've just left it as Charles and Leclerc. And Carlos. <laughs> Can you imagine I wrote Charles and Leclerc? Oh, man, that'd boxes? be great. <laughs> you wrote Charles and Carlos. Yeah. Great. I mean, it, it made sense. Perfectly. I'm going to guess Mercedes is the same as well. I've got, you've got Lewis and George. Absolutely. What did I write, though? What did I say? You wrote. Oh, I did write George. George. I did write his name. I didn't write George Woody. George and Lewis. And then for Red Bull, which I think we both wrote the same thing. I don't think you realize what you wrote for Red Bull. What did I write? You wrote Danny Ricardo and Sergio Perez. <laughs> I didn't mean to write that. <laughs> what? You see, it's right there. Danny Ricardo, Sergio Perez. So we both just were fucking done with Checo this year. We both, <laughs> this is what we're saying is we do everything right but Checo pretty much. And I wrote... Max and Danny. Where the fuck is Max even on my list? No, Max isn't on your list at all. Did I write something about something horrible in the predictions happening to him? No. What the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> uh, okay. Do Andretti Cadillac come into the sport? What did you... Well, you clicked yes. You also clicked yes. Unfortunately, it's not happening yet. And for your drivers, you went Colton Herder and Mick Schumacher. You had Danny and Colton Herder, which doesn't make sense because you also had Danny driving for Red Bull. One of those was supposed to be Max. (laughs) (laughs) We figured it out. One of those was supposed to be Max. So I've just put Danny in every seat. I was like, give this man a drive. What did I write for season 2023? Because this was our prediction for the year. Yours, which I think is gold. Fernando punches Ocon or Stroll. <laughs> that is your only prediction. <laughs> if only. In season 2023, Jack, you wrote, Stroll gets fired. Please, God, please. In all caps. <laughs> okay. Okay. This, the, is that all I wrote? That is all you wrote. Please, God, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, honestly... We were on the money for most we, of it. We were on the money. I mean, you just forgetting Max completely is funny. I don't know what you were thinking. About Danny, fucking clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do this again for next year. Oh, absolutely, because this was fucking good. Because I was thinking the other day, I was like, I don't even remember what I asked on it. And I had the file on my computer and I chose not to open it. 
purely because I was like, this is going to be funnier if I just forget, completely forget. And I think we expand it. Oh, yeah, we'll do we two pages. More more predictions. Well, I think before year. before next year, we add our 20 to 1 before we see testing. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. And then we do the 20 to 1 in the show after testing. Because <laughs> so now we have to go do that. We need to go listen to our 20 to 1 and write down notes. I cannot remember for the life. That's of why we have to we have to take a pause. So we'll probably come back next time on this. 